Welcome to the Pop Goes the Culture podcast box office report for Thursday, September the 20th. We are at the Thursday home of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast. We're back out at the Alamo Draft House in Springfield, Missouri. I am one of your hosts, Joey Mills with GeekDad.com and ComingSoon.net. Joining me today on the show, we've got Kenny with Freedom Binder Graphics. And sitting in for Jennifer, who's away for the week. Yeah, she's lucky. She's in Austin, Texas right now. So uh, my name's David. Uh, I work here at the Alamo Draft House as a creative coordinator. It may be a little warmer here than it is in Austin this week. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, pretty rough yesterday. I was uh, I was melting every time I took a step outside. Yeah, it's been warm. So it's cooler in Austin? It may be. Oh, <laughs> uh, it is today. Yeah, it's just so muggy. You know, it's, it's only like 90 or something, but... It's just like, oh, you just melt. Saps you, yeah. Like, why am I sweating in air conditioning? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take a look at a few of the headlines at the movie theater at the box office this week. First up, we'll hit your top five last weekend at the box office. The Predator took the top spot, making around $24 million in its opening weekend. Not the kind of money they were hoping to make, but enough to take the number one spot. Uh just to let you know <laughs> how that racks up, uh, it debuted. The movie debuted in just over 4,000 theaters on over 4,000 screens. Um, this film is the worst opening weekend for any live-action film opening on f- over 4,000 theaters. Previously, The Mummy, the Tom Cruise version of The Mummy, uh, held that that distinction. <laughs> um Wow, they did worse than but Tom Cruise's yeah, Mummy. Wow. Yeah, the, the Mummy with Tom Cruise made $31.6 million and opened in 4,035 theaters. This made right around $24 million and opened in 4,037 theaters. Um, just to, and to put that in perspective, in 2010, they tried to do a reboot with the Predators where everybody got sucked to Predator World. Um, that movie opened with 24 and three quarters of a million dollars on only like 20, just under 2,700 screens. So, wow. So, a good enough for number one, but not the opening <laughs> weekend that the producers were hoping for for The Predator. September is rarely like a competitive time for movies. Yeah. Uh, you know, The Predator is just one of those, it's an average little popcorn flick. I actually thought uh, The Mummy. Wasn't all that bad. It's just very mediocre. Yeah. Like, if you were expecting anything special with either one of these movies, you're probably not going to get it. But for what it is, it's fun. It's yeah. silly. It's irreverent. Uh, not my favorite Predator movie, but, uh, you know, it's it's definitely better than AVP Requiem. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, there's what not much there. that is yeah. better than that. But. I'm not understanding, like, even across the, like, merchandising and stuff with the Predator movie, even that's not doing Flying very well shows, either. Yeah. So, yeah. all the way around, they're just not doing so it hot. It may just be that this has this franchise has just too much stink attached to it to kind of... You know, it may need a little more distance, or I don't know. Maybe a little more effort in the reboots. Like, <laughs> yeah. you can't just slap the name of it that you know and say, "Hey, everybody will go see this because it's a Predator movie." Or and I keep saying, movie. "I'm like, well, surely the people making these movies will see this and be like, oh, okay, we need to step our game up.'" But no, they, they haven't for <laughs> how long has motion picture been around? <laughs> yeah, they'll they probably they yet. make their money back yeah. at least. Thankfully for foreign markets, I think they only yeah. uh, blew seventy-five million dollars on this plus uh, some advertising. So yeah, they'll and, get and it back, but I don't think they'll be leaving with much more. No, and that's really, I mean. 
if they make money, that's all they're looking to do. So they're not looking to make artsy, critically acclaimed. They're just looking to make their money back. So I think they have the same attitude as I do when I go into uh, like the gambling places. As long as I walk out with the money I walked in with, <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. okay, I guess. I would consider that luck. I mean, <laughs> a few times yeah. I've gone in, it's like, I still have my shoes on. This is great. <laughs> there you go. Uh, slipping down out of the top spot, the nun slipped down to number two, made another $18.2 million. Uh, after its franchise best debut last weekend, the film dropped uh, a franchise worth 66% this weekend, which means it only made about two-thirds of what it made the first weekend, meaning it's got the biggest dip for the franchise. But I think they made more than they expected that first week, so I think it's kind of a wash. I don't think anybody's yeah. crying in their Cheerios this morning oh, about no. that. They well, really overperformed. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like a lot of people's – I mean, these numbers aren't crazy, crazy. So, I mean, it's not like – everybody's going and seeing movies this oh, yeah. month, yeah. you know, so I think it, that's still pretty good in oh, yeah. my book. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think, yes, it was the best, op- you know, the, the worst dip from week one to week yeah. two, but because they had such a phenomenal week one, that's kind of, I think I think everybody's okay with that. They're probably about where they expected to be after two weeks, so. Uh, a Simple Favor debuted at number three, bringing in about $16 million. So I uh, don't know anybody that went and saw that, but no, somebody did. Clearly $16 million worth of people did. The movie proved me wrong. I was just so sure that based off the trailers, it was going to be garbage. Right. And uh, I've heard good things. Like uh, I figured Paul Feig wouldn't be able to nail down like a really certain serious film. And uh, when I saw the trailer, I just kept on waiting for the funny part to right. kick in. Waiting for Anna Kendrick to do something Yeah, weird. something yeah. silly or Blake Lively drop something. I don't know. But uh, from everything I've heard, it's a really entertaining movie. A lot of people leave the theater like, oh, that was, you know, whenever you don't expect a lot and you get something that's a little bit more worthwhile. Right. Uh, yeah, people seem to really like Simple Favor. And uh, it's it's done better than they expected. And that's not saying much since it's only made $16 million, <laughs> But... but uh, but it's it a might small have film. It may not have a whole lot. Might have some tiny legs. Yeah. Well, that may end up being our movie that we always see. Just Hanging sticks around, around kind of shovels in another Takes eleven another, next yeah, week, another like eight the week. Yeah. yeah. Just hanging <laughs> around. Speaking of that movie, uh, <laughs> we're not there yet. We'll get to it. Uh, number four, White Boy Rick debuts at number four, bringing in around eight point eight million. Not bad for Oscar bait kind yeah. of movie. It's Oscar bait that didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Once they start moving into like August and September, and it's one of those little fancy movies, uh, they tend to probably have not done the best job in those testings. Yeah. So, yeah. I was looking forward to this because I, you know, ever since the McConaissance, he's <laughs> he's put out some decent movies. Right. And uh, this one seems like it might be a little bit of a letdown, but there's still uh, some fun times to be mined from the screenings. Good. And that movie that hangs around at number five, it dropped to number five, but it's barely number five. Uh, Crazy Rich Asians, still in the top five, takes in another 8.7. So again, after a month-long run of breaking, bringing in you know just consistent money, it's finally starting to slide a little. But you get another 8.7 at this point after they've already made as much yeah. as they made. Yeah, hey. I'm sure they'll take that. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah absolutely. It's all gravy at this point. Scoop it on out. Movie's <laughs> a phenomenon. Absolutely. A couple other stories we've been watching. Uh, the Meg broke the $500 million global box office mark. So, again, another movie that made a lot of money overseas. It did well in the U.S., but really found its footing overseas. 
Uh, joining the $500 million club alongside the Meg this weekend was Hotel Transylvania 3. Just plugging along <laughs> <laughs> somehow. Gets to the $500 million mark uh, globally. And Mission Impossible Fallout <laughs> yes. has made $216 million oh. in the U.S., making it the highest grossing film franchise or film in that franchise, excuse me, at the domestic box office. So any thoughts on any of that stuff? It's got to be Henry. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> With I, the mustache. The mustache alone is worth $14 million. Yeah, he's I, bringing me in. I definitely had kept my eye on uh, Mission Impossible 6 the entire time uh, on Box Office Mojo because uh, I happen to love those movies. I'll, yep. I'll pretty much watch anything with Tom Cruise because he's just trying. Like yeah. He's putting in a lot of effort. Uh, even in The Mummy. <laughs> even trying. in The Mummy. Like he's, you know, he's he hamming it up. Yeah. He's, he's doing everything he needs <laughs> to do. It's the movie let him, let him down. Uh, but I thought Mission Impossible 6, I didn't think they could do anything better after the fifth one. And uh, just the staging of some of the stunts, the acting's a lot of fun. Uh, the final little cliff scene, pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so happy to see that people are still turning out for these movies because I want I want another one. Yeah. And, uh, Keep making them until he can't walk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you break him to the point where he can't get back up. They're in competition with the uh, Fast and the Furious franchise. So oh yeah. Well, can, and everybody's in competition with Marvel at this point. So you got to come yeah. up with the bigger stunts and the bigger, you know. A spectacle that people haven't seen. So yeah, he learned how to fly a helicopter. That's <laughs> just that's, just to go make a movie. You don't need to do that at all. There's no reason to take the time to learn how to fly a helicopter, but he did for us. Because <laughs> he does that for us. He's yes. that kind of guy. Yeah. Let's entertain. Uh, we got a couple of trailers this week. Uh, first up, Mary Poppins Returns. What anybody have you guys seen? Mary Poppins Returns, the trailer. Any thoughts on it? You know, <laughs> not everybody was. I'm not super excited for it, but right. I can see how others would be. Yeah, uh, I love Emily Blunt. She's a lot of fun to watch. She, uh, I remember uh, Edge of Tomorrow just to drop another Tom Cruise <laughs> yeah, movie. He, yeah. uh, she was quite the badass, and I think uh, she'll do very well in this position as Mary Poppins. I think it's going to be a lot Different of fun. Kind of badass, yeah, a domestic badass. Lin Manuel Miranda <laughs> is kind of on a hot streak now, so. You know, it's, yeah, it's got a lot of good pieces. Yeah. yeah. I, the wife and kids have seen it, and they were talking about, like, they're pretty excited about it. So they wanted me to watch it, and I'm like, not my jam. Yeah. I don't watch it, Mary it, Poppins. It sorry. looks like they're trying to go for a lot of the same visuals from the original. They got the hand-drawn animation spliced with the live, kind of the fantasy aspect of it. So, Why yeah, not? not my thing either, but it looks like for those that, you know, have a soft spot for that film, the original, then this may tickle that a little bit. Uh, to speak to that a little bit, Disney has already this 2018 is already their second highest grossing year at the box office, um, based in part a large part on you know Incredibles two is huge for them, but then all the Marvel films, um, which they've had Black Panther was bigger than you know the zeitgeist that it rode. Yeah. Plus you had Infinity War, which made all the monies, and then you know even Ant Man the Wasp did well. Um, They've still got this Nutcracker animated film coming out, and they've got Wreck-It Ralph 2 still to come, and then by the, before we even get to Mary Poppins returning in December, so looks to be another big year for Disney. Yeah, they don't even have to, like, shovel the money out. They can pay people to shovel the money out of the <laughs> exactly. money truck. Their market share is astounding. Yep. Like, the amount of movies that they put out, and they're consistently really good. Yeah. And that's uh, the thing, you know, it's like, I don't care who's making them. 
Just make them this good, and we'll go see them. Exactly. But if you're not going to, you're not going to make Disney money straight up. So. Yep. Also, this week we got the trailer for The Girl in the Spider's Web, continuing uh, the film adaptations of the best-selling novel, series of novels. Have you had a chance to check out this trailer? Yeah, and I'm not excited. Yeah. I liked the first one, and, uh, you What's know, when, about? when there's a huge change, it's, uh, what's it about? It's a woman who is kind of a computer hacker and uh, kind of taking back... Um, she violently goes after sexual predators kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Oh. The first one was really Very, intense. Um, it was yeah. a David Fincher <laughs> movie. Yeah. yeah, there are some elements oh, really? to that movie that might make you a tad uncomfortable. I remember yeah. seeing it uh, in the theaters. And just the intro alone, they have like, a, I think it's a Trent Reznor track with uh, like this black ink that morphs over the people's bodies and stuff like that. And it just... Just oh. a nice intro like that is very rare. Yeah. You typically find them in like Bond James films. Bond movie. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, just from that moment, I was hooked. And Rooney Mara was phenomenal in the role. Yeah. Uh, now this one's she's been replaced for this. Is Claire Foy. Claire Foy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm unexcited uh, just because I figured that the first one did fine. It made its money back and a little bit extra, but maybe they were thinking, you know, with all these book adaptations, they do so well. Uh, they're wanting a little more bang for their buck. What was and, the first one called? Uh, it was uh, the, girl the Girl with the, the Dragon, dragon Tattoo. tattoo. Yeah. And then they oh. had a couple others as well. And then yeah. Some, but I think... They're like a Swedish I, trilogy, I think, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Okay, I, th I saw a Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, yeah. so okay. And I think, and I could be way wrong, and if I am, somebody correct me on social media or shoot me an email or call that hotline. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think that this book is the first... And again, I may be talking, talking out my ass here, but I think this book is the first book that wasn't written by the author of the original trilogy. And is it Steve Larson? Yeah, and so yes. this is this is kind of you know this is a movie adaptation of a book that is not part of the trilogy written by. I, yeah, it sounds like it sounds like they're trying to recapture. Moving that, away from the source material yeah. is usually a good bet when you're adapting something. Yeah, that's so, always successful. Oh, and uh, just small one it may have flown under most people's radar, but uh, there's a trailer for some little movie, Captain Marvel. I don't know if you guys heard of that <laughs> that uh, released. This I, week, I didn't get to see it. Odin was trying to get me to watch it last night, but I'm trying to get seven days worth of work done in three days. <laughs> right. So, uh, I I do want to. I'm going to watch that today. So, uh, you saw it? You I think? did watch it. Uh, I love the uh, the time period for this. I loved seeing the blockbuster video. <laughs> It's such a unique thing to see nowadays. It immediately sets that in. Yes, the, it you does. know exactly when this is taking place. Oh, this is a while ago, yeah. yeah. So how does it look? I mean, because like the last thing I saw was like Shazam trailer, and that thing was horrid. Yeah, so how's different, this rate? different Captain Marvel, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> this well, one. What I mean, yeah, how's it yeah. rate to that? Well, if you're using that as your benchmark, it's better than that. Yeah. But it's very much a non-trailer trailer in that. It's just visuals. Yeah. Is all you're getting. You're getting shots of visuals, shots of visuals, shots of visuals, shots of visuals. Oh, okay. Quick shot of Jude Law staring. Yeah. <laughs> little, Weird eyes. Young, young Samuel L. Jackson. He's got hair and two eyes, so you know it's he's young. Yeah. yeah. He looks but like late '90s, early yeah. 2000s Sam Jackson. Yeah. yeah it, it's glad Pulp, to see it's him. Pulp Fiction Sam Jackson without the fro. He's just got nice. the shorter hair, but. Uh, but yeah, but there's no. I mean, and it's you know shows shots of her as a kid and it's shots of her as a. Old, little older kid as a preteen, and the shots of her as a young woman, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, you visually it's tracing this heroic buildup of her yeah. character, but 
it tells you absolutely nothing about this movie. Well, <laughs> if they're able to make it a good movie, yeah. uh, it's going to do so well. Oh, yeah. It, Just, it, it can recapture some of that Wonder Woman vibe that we yeah. got from the original Wonder Woman. It's a big market that feels like it's not being well, it's reached. Well, half the population. Exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. take. So, so what is it? There's that. <laughs> 50%? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's going to be an exciting movie. I'm really pumped to see it. Yeah. The trailer will get you... It'll establish when it takes place and that it's a Marvel movie and that's really about all you're getting and, and like I said the rest of it's they're keeping it under wraps they're playing it close to the vest at this point everything you should expect to be considered secret until after the next Avengers movie well, they're so. expecting it to be like like you said they're expecting it to be good and have a lot of like surprise fun stuff in it yeah too. you, get a, like, you oh. do get a shot of Agent Coulson in it so nice you do get a shot of like a silhouette of Ronan the in it, scheduled so. release of that is that b- that's March. before yeah it's March Avengers March 8th I think okay yeah, awesome and then Avengers be May so yeah oh that just based off of its positioning like oh, yeah. everyone who wants to finish up like this phase they're yep. going to have to see this beforehand oh, absolutely yeah this is this is establishing why she can save the day in yeah. Avengers 4 so. all the good war uh will in the world for this one it's going to be a lot of fun uh that and you may have a few people that are you know just they want to finish out the Avengers and so it's like we yeah. got to see this one because it ties into the Avengers uh, production is set to begin on Zombieland 2 right after the start of the new year. The cast from the original film is going to be shooting in Georgia starting in January of 2019. Awesome. Can't wait to see I what they do with Zombieland 2. I want Zombieland all the time. So <laughs> That 9-10 year gap, though, between them usually hasn't been good yeah. uh, for, for we'll a comedy see, franchise. But at the same time, it could allow them to take that story in so many different directions because there has been such a, a long time. It's like, oh no, it's doing pretty good for Incredibles too. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of course, that's animated. <laughs> you know, yeah. you can be Brad Bird. Yeah. You can de-age everybody. Yeah. Fellas consistent. Uh, director Todd Phillips released a headshot of Joaquin Phoenix, probably from a costume test. I saw uh, that. From the upcoming Joker movie. Certainly from, again, the shot seems to be kind of channeling a little bit of, maybe not in the act, maybe when he's doing the acting, maybe not, but the look seems to be a little bit of the Heath Ledger kind of vibe, like, you know, so from the, from what was it, The Dark Knight, so. They're going to need all the help they can get. (laughs) Yeah, especially, you know, you look at the hair and then kind of the gaunt face. Um, Phoenix has said that this is going to be more of a character study, kind of a smaller you know, Scorsese's producing, so Good. more of that kind of film as opposed to like a big blockbuster, like, hey, this is a big, you know, put your stamp on it, it's a DC movie. This is more of a, it, well, it happens to be a DC movie, but it's really a character study, a crime movie kind of thing. I was like, oh, so a lot of shots of him having coffee at a diner. Yeah, you just it, dropping the F-bomb. Interesting the banter. Just, yeah, exactly. uh, long shot conversations that are actually very meaningful. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, it, I mean, still not getting excited about it, but... I'm... Joaquin Phoenix is really, really talented. Todd Phillips is my only thing that makes me go like... If this could suck. If this movie still had Scorsese directing it as um, a, instead of producing it, I think we'd be having a completely different conversation. He, he's, but because he's Todd so Phillips much older, like yeah. I don't really want Martin Scorsese wasting his time on something <laughs> like that. I want him putting out like a movie every two years to something gangstery. Yeah, uh, which I mean, I guess this could be. Yeah. But uh, after Suicide Squad, this, in my opinion, jumbled mess. Uh, and the weird way that Jared Leto took the role, 
Uh, I'm very excited for someone who's got a because Jared Leto's talented, but Joaquin Phoenix is like amazing. So I'm really hoping that having a caliber of actor like that, it'll be something that's special, unique, and if they're keeping it small. I've always wanted little, small movies in these universes that just tell a good story. Right. Because that's, like, whenever you have something bombastic and big and loud, uh, unless it's got that cool story underneath it, you get the mummy. Like, right. that's what happens. Uh, so I really hope that they're able to come up with something that's well-scripted. I enjoyed Todd Phillips' movie War Dogs. That was kind of fun. It's... It's average movie, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I don't know how this comedy director is going to be able to nail down a serious role with a serious actor. Well, I mean, um, maybe there's some black comedy. I mean, Todd Phillips. There, there's yeah. a little bit of black comedy in a lot of his stuff. So. And he'll pop up in it. Yeah, so perhaps maybe they'll use some of that with you know once we finally get the Joker. Who knows? Tangent to that, the conversation we had uh, in our show last weekend, which we're going to bring you into, is... So DC proper, whatever that is, is still being figured out, uh, is without two of its big three hitters right now. We don't have a Batman confirmed. We don't have a Superman confirmed. We don't have a Superman movie on the books anytime in the near future. The Batman, who knows where that is. Apparently there's a script now for that that's at least in some state of, at least the first draft's finished. Something's finished. We don't know what. <laughs> if you had to go in today and cast a Batman and a Superman to take these this franchise, whatever it's going to be forward, who would you cast in these roles? All right. For Batman and Superman. Well, number one, they should definitely just scrap the whole thing. They, yeah. they totally it screwed like it up. Yeah. Starting over, yeah. Yeah. Start over and just mimic 100% what Marvel did. Uh, so I'd heard recently that uh, John Hamm was eyeing a role. Wasn't it Batman? He said he would love to play Batman. I wouldn't mind. Like, I think... Uh, Number one, he can do charming. Number two, he can do serious. And number three, he can he can be funny. And that's an element of Bruce Wayne that... Uh, that's what I was going to say. He'd make a great Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And I think that part really lacks with, like... I mean, the Christopher Nolan trilogy is amazing. Uh, but the Bruce Wayne scenes, I don't feel the... Uh, like. I, what I expect from Batman is that whenever he's Bruce Wayne, he is playing the character of this guy who's like super wealthy, playboy, just trying to keep that cover. He right. plays a selfish person that way whenever at night he's he's this greater-than-thou uh, yeah. hero. Judge, uh, jury, and executioner. Yeah, so I think John Hamm would do a phenomenal job, and I'm glad he acted like uh, someone's asking for him to do it because, you know, sometimes those little suggestions turn into something. Yeah, after watching him in Baby Driver, I can kind of see him in that dual Really role aggressive. Now. Yeah, I, he can do both now, I think. So, uh, Whereas before, I don't know. <laughs> Superman's tougher. Yeah. Uh, with Superman, uh, he is like this holier-than-thou character uh, at all times. When he's Superman, he's just... Uh, He's like a godlike figure. So you've got to think of someone who's got that clean-cut look, someone uh, who can also be a little goofier in the Clark Kent role. Uh, man, that's a that one's a tough one. I can't think of anyone who really fits the role. I well, thought that Henry Cavill was... I, whenever I heard him speak in Mission Impossible 6, I was like, oh my gosh, it's Tom Cruise and Superman. Yeah. That's, what a weird combo. Yeah, uh, for me, you know, it's... 
like you're saying, get a, get a character that can play both because what's happened before is you get a guy who's too mild, so he works really good as Clark, but when he tries to play the strong, confident, you're like, mm, not feeling that so much. Where like Henry, he is great in a Superman role because he is that strong, confident, but when he tries to play the Clark Kent, it still comes off as a very strong, confident Clark Kent. So well, and I think the distinction to be made, and you said it, but I'll kind of rephrase it, is that when you have an actor to play to be Batman, Batman is the dominant personality, and he has to be Bruce Wayne at times. Yeah. With Superman, Clark Kent is the dominant personality. He is the farm boy from Kansas in the big city, and, and Superman's kind of the, you know, is what he had. Superman's the outfit he puts on, but he's always Clark Kent. Batman, yeah. Bruce Wayne is the outfit he puts on. He puts on the suit and goes out when he has to, but Batman is the personality. And so you've got to find two people that can embody, yes, they can embody both ends of that character, but they also have to be able to, you know, butt up against each other and be each other's opposites. Who so. did you two, so just to help me out a little bit, for Superman? I, I, I think, dude, I think we struggled with Superman. I have seen. I've seen a few, th yeah, we've all seen the same things float around, but the one that I saw floated around that I got the most excited about, like, ooh, I could see that, was uh, Matt Bomer. I could uh -oh. see from, uh, he, that he hasn't been in a lot, which works to his favor, because he's not been in a lot of movies. Wow. So, you know, you can, he's not an unknown, but um, he was in uh, a USA Network series, White Collar, where he was a criminal, but he was helping the police. He's uh -huh. been in. He may have had a role in Magic Mike. I don't know that one of those movies, but um, I think I got my suggestion. Go ahead. Okay, there's this actor. His name's Finn Whitrock. Uh, not to be confused with the kid from Finn Stranger Wolfhard. Things. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, it's this guy. He was in. He's been in a few seasons of the American Horror Story, and then he was in the newest season of American Crime Story, the Versace story. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, he's got the look. He's really talented, and he's an up-and-coming actor. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would wait on the Superman film just to be able to pair him a little bit with an actor that people will come out to see. Right. But I think that he could nail down the role. He was very entertaining as both a villain and a protagonist in the American Horror Story series. And I thought he was... He's, he's got the look, and I think he's kind of got the chops. He's gotten a few Emmy nominations, and I know that's just television, but yeah. television's just become long-form storytelling exactly. now. So, And I think that's important that, you know, if you can establish Batman, you can do kind of whatever with Superman. And let's be honest, with both of these guys, they're not generally the most interesting characters on the screen. It's really if you can nail down a good Lex Luthor or a good Brainiac or a yeah. good Joker or a good Riddler, then, you know, that's going to improve any movie you know bat you know michael keaton wasn't the best batman but man when you put jack nicholson as the joker it's brilliant oh, yeah. you know you could i don't know what they can do with superman that fans will respond to positively because yeah. with like the <laughs> nolan writing on a uh, man of steel people were like Superman's not. He's first off. He's not supposed to kill people. Yeah. Which uh, you too know, dark, too it, serious. Yeah. Too. It was brooding, and you know, yeah. I, I thought that the element of him making a tough decision like that was actually powerful. But uh, for the most part, a lot of fans thought that it was a little too gray for Superman. But then you get like the Brandon Routh version, and uh, it's a little campy and silly. Uh, we've got uh, Lex Luthor played by Kevin Spacey, <laughs> who's like chewing scenes left and right, uh, and people. Didn't like that either. So, 
between bright and colorful and this dim, dingy, gritty, what's what's yeah, the version line. that's in yeah. entertaining to people? Yeah, because you have to line. have conflict. Yep. Uh, whether that be like inner conflict of uh, finding acceptance on earth with the people that you care about or, you know, uh, juggling the feeling of not knowing where you're from and why you have this ex ex amazing amount of power uh, and no one around you compares. And it could be that that's just not a character that works outside of comics. Comics, you can do that in one issue because Superman, you... The Superman story is you constantly have to be beating at him, and he constantly has to be losing. He, his conflict is driven by the fact that he can't save everybody. Yeah. yeah. And that is fine in 16 pages once a month or twice a month, but to do yeah. that in a you know, two-hour-long film, that's When you're that's almost to do. all-powerful, the idea of not being able to protect someone or save someone... Uh, I feel like would probably really damage you. So people seem to like the serious superhero movie. If they do it right, it's all in the script. Yeah. Like if the writing's good, the film comes out well, uh, I think the serious superhero movie just lends a little more gravity, makes it a little more relatable uh, because on a smaller scale, we've all dealt with these like issues. Right. So, you know, Superman is not a relatable character. No. He's he's just so powerful. You've got to do something to hinder that a little bit and get him down to the audience's level. Yeah. So we'll I see agree. if they can do it. I hope they can. We'll I would love out. to watch. I'm sure they'd love to figure it out sooner <laughs> rather than yeah. later. I want to see the best superhero uh, Superman movie ever, and uh, haven't seen it yet. No. Let's see Count a Christopher Reeve one. <laughs> well, this week in theaters, a couple movies coming out. Uh, the House with the Clock in its Wall in the Walls. Um, Kids might like it. <laughs> it doesn't appeal to me immediately, but I'm pumped. It's bad because I really want to see it. Yeah, yeah right. It looks <laughs> fun. Talk it up because to me, it's just another one of those like, eh, this probably could have been direct to video if it was the '90s. But I, that's just me. I maybe I'm wrong. You know, uh, Jack Black and uh, Kate Blanchett. It's just a pairing that I would never expect to see. Yeah, because she is incredibly there talented. For that. Yeah, <laughs> there might be a reason for it. But just from the, when I watched the first trailer, I didn't like the trailers that followed. But when I saw the first trailer, there's like an element and sense of wonder. And uh, I don't find that in movies as much anymore. It's like the classic 90s Steven Spielberg sense of wonder. And there's an element of imagination, something that you don't like. Yeah. And I don't know if this not being really an established brand is going to hurt it. But... Man, I like Jack Black so much. He's, yeah, he's I'm not so saying it won't fun. Do well. I just it won't get my money. The yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean I it won't get mine. Get I don't. I don't have to pay for tickets. Yeah, well, but I'll sit there and I'll watch it. <laughs> I imagine a lot of families would go see it because there's not really much else on to take the family to right now. It looks creepy and weird and yeah. different. Yeah. Everybody in my house wants to go see it, and Odin says all his friends want to go see it. Yeah, yeah. So. It just looks fun, and I think uh, it will have a decent like. Well, I wouldn't say like older crowd unless they're bringing their kids, but I think it will hit a few demographics you wouldn't expect it to, just because there are a lot of Jack Black fans, and it just looks interesting. It looks unique and different. And uh, what so is what that, kind of Jacob Tremblay? That's the name of the little kid the in that. Yeah. yeah, he's in everything. Yeah, he's yes, a, he is. He's a predator. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, was he? Yeah, he was. Nice. Uh, yeah, he's everywhere. So um, what kind of money do you think it'll pull in then, Joey? Oh, What's your I, prediction? Oh, I imagine it'll probably still make 25-ish, but... I'm going higher. I'm saying 32. Ooh. 
I'm going big. Nice, comfortable place to be would be 28.5. There so. you go. Split <laughs> the middle. 28.5. That's where it's going to land. All right. So we'll we find will out. see what happens we'll know next, next week. weekend. Yeah. And the other movie, the other, if you call them big movies, it's that time of year where there's not big movies. But the other uh, movie in wide release, uh, Assassination Nation. Don't, again, not one I'm <laughs> super jazzed about, but it's September. Well, I'll watch it. Unique premise. Sometimes, like, I, I enjoy there are a few studios that I really like. Uh, and they're the smaller ones that kind of are able to put out these types of movies right. that just are, like, high concept. And, uh, like, A24, Neon, uh-huh. and uh, Blumhouse. They're like the... Which Blumhouse is kind of moving out of oh, that small... They, well, they, they certainly keep their budgets low, and I'm well, yeah, very impressed with what they I can do with their money. wise they're starting yeah. to feel more like a legitimate, you know, they did, studio. I think they... Didn't they have a hand in Get Out yeah, as yeah, well? I think they yeah, they dropped like twenty two million dollars on that, and that was they ridiculous. The Halloween remake coming up. Yeah, so they're uh, they're really these studios are really good about using a small budget and creating a unique and interesting story. And uh, with Neon, and that's just the I believe just the distributor. Uh, they've been buying up these weird, unique, interesting small movies, and uh, from the trailers. It looks bizarre. It's like a like a purge meets Heather's. I think is how they've branded it. Yeah. Which uh, I didn't know. I wanted to see that, uh, but uh, <laughs> I still don't. But I'll, yeah. I'll definitely check it out. It looks like one of those movies that's just uh, off the wall. And well, they're putting it out like in front of YouTube videos. Right. That's how I know even knew what it was. Which is their demographic. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm starting to watch those instead of just skipping them. I'm wanting to see what they are and stuff. So it, I kind of agree. I think it'll pull in the low 20s maybe even high teens oh i'm thinking like eight million like yeah, i was gonna say <laughs> like i think it's gonna hit 12 i'd be it's gonna hit low but it's not an expensive film but yeah so yeah, uh, 12 it makes back half its budget in the first yeah. week and then with a streaming then. service right, you go with 18 i'll take 12. yeah <laughs> i mean i guarantee you neon would be through the roof with an 18 oh I, they would be like oh my gosh uh <laughs> tracking's a little lower than that i don't know a lot of people talking about it but if you go and see it, I'm sure you're going to see a movie that you haven't seen before. Oh, it's going to be weird and different and unique. And these types of movies, I think, need the most support because they don't get made yep. unless people, people show up. Absolutely. Well, our social media poll question of the week, our pop quiz of the week, is what fictional character in any, it can be movies, TV, books, comics, I don't care, video games. We've got a bunch of suggestions online. What fictional character's death are you still not over? So we've got the poll out there, and like I said, we put our uh, choices out, and we've gotten a few uh, suggestions online. I've gotten a few people from where I've shared it, like Missy and a few other people comment. So our question to you then is, David, which is your fictional character whose death on the page, on the screen, on the game, whatever the case might be, that you just were just, just hurt. Just is yeah. what happened here, you know, just All right. So uh, I am going to venture into the world of Lost. Okay. And uh, so, you know, I think it's enough times passed on Lost. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> spoiler warning. Uh, yes. Watch spoiler lo- warning. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, you know, some people would argue the end's a little rough, but I liked it. Uh, yeah. So there's a character on the series called John Locke. And yes. uh, first season arc, this man, he was originally handicapped. And, uh, you know, he when he landed on the island, he 
regain the ability to walk. Uh, and the cool thing about Lost was one of the first series to do this thing where each episode followed a character's flashback story. So you see the characters interacting on the island, and then you get a little perspective as to why they're behaving that way. And that was a brilliant idea. It's been used ever since, like, Orange is the New Black is a similar example. Yeah. Uh, well, John Locke tried to do everything right, tried to understand the island, be the best man that he could be. First season, he nails it. Second season, his faith is a little bit challenged, and he's trying to figure out what he's doing wrong. Well, when they get off the island eventually... <laughs> uh, Spoilers. John, yeah, spoiler. Uh, John Locke is—he's been trying to get everyone to come together to go back to the island, and uh, he's in his room and he's considering hanging himself, like he's—he's he's got the rope around his neck and he's about to do it. And I believe it was Benjamin Linus comes in and he's talking to him, uh, and uh, Locke finally realizes that he's doing the right thing and that he shouldn't kill himself and he's just gonna and Benjamin Linus kills him yep. he gets the best most wholesome good character next to Hurley uh, who's only trying to do what's right for everyone uh, he's, he's from his perspective from his perspective <laughs> yeah. well we, we t it turns out in the end John Locke was Jack admits John Locke was right about right. everything right so every decision that this character tried to make he was trying to do it for the good of the people on the island and uh, sometimes those decisions were a little dicey and we also see his backstory like is horrible yeah. like his his dad tried to kill Take him his kidneys and shoved him out a window yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah losing John Locke in that moment whenever he's at his lowest I was just like this is not the way to take out my favorite character. He's, he doesn't even get to experience the joy of having realized that he was right. Thankfully, in the last episode, we get that little reunion yeah. that everyone complains about, which is the only ending that they could ever do for that ridiculous oh, yeah. series. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that it was the ending so much that people were complaining about it as much as everyone said, that's not the ending you're going to get, and then they gave it to him anyway. Yeah, the, the uh, Damon yeah. Lindoff tried to explain it as it's it being a little the, bit yeah. different. It's not yeah. exactly purgatory, but uh, although yeah. everyone seemed to like get nixed from the island as soon as their problems got solved, yeah, uh, or they got caught drinking and driving. <laughs> Either one of those would get them knocked <laughs> off the island. Either of those things, yeah. All right, well, that is uh, David's choice. Your choice, you can uh, vote in our poll, our pop quiz on Twitter, at PGTC Podcast. I think the poll itself... Something happened, and I put in the wrong dates or something. And the poll, I think, is closed as far as the actual voting. But you can still vote by going in and leaving your comments. Just go in and hit, oh, the, okay. hit the reply and let us know what you think. It's pinned right to the top of the page on Twitter. On Facebook, it's facebook.com slash podcast. Same deal. It's pinned right to the top of the page. Just go in and leave a comment with your suggestion. You'll see the others that are there. Uh, let us know what you think. You can vote on email. If you don't do the social media thing, you can shoot us an email at popgoestheemail at gmail.com. If you don't do any of that, but you do still have a phone, a rotary phone with a party line somewhere out in the <laughs> sticks, you can call and leave us a message on the hotline at 417-986-7842. We just might use your recorded comments in an upcoming episode. Links to all that and more on our website at www.pgtcpodcast.com. You guys have... A couple things going on in the oh, next yeah. week or so, and October is going to be even crazier. Yeah, it's, I'm I'm looking forward to it because I'm I'm 
ready to jump into the crazy with you guys in October. It looks a lot of fun. Jennifer gave me a lot of leeway with scheduling on October because she's not a giant horror movie fan, right. and I love it. Yeah, I think it's great. <laughs> it's one of the most underserved genres, and uh, you know when it's good, it's great, and when it's bad, it's horrible. <laughs> Which is sometimes good too. Yes, yeah, so yeah. you can. It's still fun to be had in a bad horror movie. <laughs> Absolutely, but we still got to get through September. So let's talk about. You've got the Napoleon Dynamite movie party on Thursday night at seven fifteen. Yeah. What do you guys have planned for this one? Uh, practically sold out. Uh, this one's going to be a lot of fun. We have some interesting props. You're going to get your vote for Pedro button nice. at the door. <laughs> there you go. So uh, we're expecting a nice awkward time with that screening. <laughs> Very good. Now, if that's not your jam, you're not into Napoleon Dynamite, uh, you guys are going digging into the video vortex on Thursday night at 8 o'clock with the Galaxy Invader. <laughs> yeah. If you like schlock, <laughs> if you like horrible one. schlock and you want to just laugh at someone trying. Trying uh, really hard. Trying really, you know. <laughs> a little too hard. <laughs> there's, there's a little bit of a nod to people being able to get these movies made. But uh, I think you leave that at the door when you go see a movie like this. You're going to recognize the fact that this is garbage. We are trying to get you to come watch Garbage, and it's going to be a blast. Yeah, we'll have a fun host intro. Uh, my buddy HD is going to uh, lead the way into this schlock fest. <laughs> so uh, be sure to prepare to laugh at someone just doing their best. Sometimes <laughs> that's just hilarious. Doing what they just, can. You know, <laughs> Boom I, and I have a problems. script and I have cameras and I'm going to make something, and <laughs> they just ended up with like a blob. And uh, it's know, a fun blob to look at. Jennifer Aniston was in Leprechaun too. You got to start somewhere. Exactly. Uh, George Clooney and uh, Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> yep. Uh, then on Sunday for the afternoon tea, you guys are showing Jane Eyre. Oh, yes. At 1 o'clock. A fancy affair. I've never seen it, but I don't think uh, it would be my not in your wheelhouse. cup of tea <laughs> oh, wow. oh, for the afternoon no. tea. Nailed that one right out of the park. Now, uh, the afternoon teas, you guys do, I think it's what, four courses, and there's a different tea with each. Is that correct? It all depends on the movie. Okay. We'll, we'll do like three to four courses. how long the movie goes. Oh, yeah. Some of these ones, you know, it feels like two and a half hours. <laughs> uh, but Jane Eyre... It's it's a popular choice. The tickets are going really quick, and I know that this, as far as our real specialty programming that we do once a month, our afternoon teas are very popular right. because you get a lot of interesting food items. The teas are delicious. I'm all about the teas. I get to sample them as well, and uh, delicious. I'm a big tea person. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the food's usually nice, light finger sandwiches, yeah. stuff like that. What you would expect. For yeah, and you can always check out our Instagram. It's uh, Alamo Springmo uh, on Instagram. And uh, you can check out some of the past pictures from yeah, I our... Yeah, like just kind of go through the pictures sometimes. Oh, yeah. We oh, have yeah. to see all the food pictures. Just to stage and show off the type of thing you right. can expect. Uh, and then Sunday... Uh, beginning at 1.30, and then you guys are doing this again throughout the week as well. You guys are doing a quote-along with the movie Spaceballs. What is a quote-along, and how is that different than a movie party? Okay, so this is a little bit of a hybrid, because we do have the movie party elements, which would be props. Right. Like, you're going to get, like, mini light sticks, orange and green light sticks uh, to play with. 
a few other Are unique. Are any of them bigger than the others in particular? Or? <laughs> and a little droopy. <laughs> no. See, your force is bigger than mine. Yes. Uh, it's, well, see, like that, that would be the quote specific difference of, of a quote along. There's going to be moments where you're going to want to shout out at the screen with the moments that are iconic. Uh, your Schwartz is bigger than mine. Uh, so with our quote alongs, we highly encourage our super fans to come out, watch the movie, and just have just fun. Yeah. Well, if you can't you have fun in Spaceballs, <laughs> there's then something you're, wrong. You're I want to see someone balls. know every single word to a movie and just speak throughout it. The that would one. be my dream <laughs> is for someone to memorize the entire script of one of our quote alongs. Now, you guys are doing that Sunday at 1.30, but then if you can't make it out on Sunday for some reason, there are opportunities Monday and Wednesday at 7 p.m. and also Tuesday and Thursday at 8 p.m. So this is going to be here Yeah, this was, was a hot-button item. Tickets are going very I quickly, so. uh, but we still do have some available uh, on our weekdays. So Very good. Now, a couple, speaking of movies that people are coming to see in droves and you're adding screenings for you guys are doing a 25th anniversary screening of dazed and confused on sunday at 5 p.m and then again on monday night at nine yeah that one went quick yeah like uh i mean if you're it's a documentary if you don't have any if you don't have anything to do by yourself uh and you're all alone i think there are like single seats available in both auditoriums but uh yeah for that rich richard linkletter uh classic you're you you know if you didn't get tickets feel free to watch it at home it's it's a brilliant <laughs> fun <laughs> I movie i was gonna say yeah i like, like to double it up with everybody wants some it's like the perfect double uh, feature pseudo sequel uh to the movie so every time this comes up in our conversation i'm like it's the unofficial documentary of my high school years yeah because I lived almost all that. Yeah, being around here, <laughs> yep. it doesn't feel that far from Texas. Nope. <laughs> I was grateful to never be paddled. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Uh, on Monday night at 8 o'clock, you guys, it looks like you're going with a couple Monday and Tuesday, kind of a darker Brad Pitt double feature almost. You've, starting on Monday night, you've got seven at, yeah. at uh, 8 o'clock. Uh, so you didn't start it at seven. You started. At eight I know. I literally had to send out a creative email just to explain to the managers, like, "Hey, this is what we have going." And uh, one of my first uh, first comments was, uh, "And uh, you guessed it, eight o'clock. We'll be showing <laughs> yep. seven. Uh, we were going to show California on Tuesday, uh, but sadly, those tickets were selling like Beanie Babies in 2018. So that it's, one's been pulled. That one was oh, okay. pulled. I think we sold one ticket. So whoever you were." We're, <laughs> We're very sorry. sorry. Enjoy your money back and have fun Kidding's renting like, it at home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> California, I wasn't a big fan it's of. A if hard I'm going to have a Brad Pitt movie in that way, I'd do, uh, what's the one with, um, oh, what am I trying to think of? Where he was like the stoner guy that lived on the couch. and Oh, uh, uh, it was, is uh, that True Romance? True Romance, yes. Yes. yeah. With Christian Slater. And now that's a Christian Slater movie. Yeah, he's yeah. a... Uh, it's a good movie. We thought California would be a little more obscure, and maybe so we could get some people who are wanting to see something different. Yeah. Uh, but just apparently, a little too obscure. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just a touch too obscure. Not a big deal. We also have a few more Brad Pitt movies on Thursday. I think we're doing like a River Runs Through. Yeah, yeah. we'll yeah. get to that one next week too. But yeah, it's, that's why I looking through it. I was like, hmm, I wonder if somebody's coming into town that nobody's told us about. <laughs> Might not stop them by the theater. But I guess not. Uh, and then Friday is your beer dinner 
at 7.15 on what day of the week is that again? Uh, I put Friday down, then I didn't follow it up with what day of the week it's on because it's not on Friday. It's definitely not on Friday. Just like 7's not at 7. Friday is not at Friday. It's either Tuesday or Wednesday. I just can't remember the date. Yeah, we packed in a lot of show times uh, this week. Yeah. We kind of loaded up on our specialty programming. And uh, the Friday beer dinner, it's uh, it's something that we don't do that often. Right. It's one of those once-a-month things, and every once in a while we will miss a month. Yeah. So but, Friday, uh, like... SQ? Yep. Friday? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's that's, gonna, why, that's why I didn't. I, so I looked now you're going to be serving 40s? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Colt 45. We have yeah. some unique beers, uh, I believe, that we went with uh, White River was our pairing White for River. this. Okay. Uh, it's going to be on Wednesday at 630. At 630. Uh, our oh, yeah. chef, uh, Jeremy Story, put together this menu, and it looks pretty wonderful. Well, like, uh, he gives a tease. What do you... A tease on the menu. Yeah. Uh, because that's half the fun for us. <laughs> oh, <laughs> of course. about the food. Because we're not small gentlemen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with our menu, it's everything that we do, we try to have it inspired from these movies. Right. So uh, like a quick example would be... Chicken waffles? Oh, no, no chicken <laughs> waffles. Oh. Uh, we had a few different... I'm trying to bring up our little menu here. Just so I don't, I don't want to screw up Jeremy's menu. He'd have my head. So, so no weed. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing this. Yeah, well, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Uh, you got to wait till a couple more election cycles pass. I yeah, think. yeah, they're trying, right? Yep. I think there's three ballot initiatives or some crap like that. It'll so. be sooner than later, I guarantee oh, yeah. it. Yeah, they're pushing. I figure with Missouri, it's such a agriculture heavy state that. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, then they're starting to see all the money, Cal- or Colorado and all that's getting from. They're like, wait a minute, yeah. we can pull in that kind of money. We've yeah. got the infrastructure. So uh, with Friday, uh, some of the names for the foods. Uh, we have the older the berry, the sweeter the juice. Nice. <laughs> and that'd be a toasted crostini with tangy goat cheese, shaved <laughs> prosciutto, and blackberry uh, macerated in jam. And then we also have uh, the Friday, which would be a Gouda-filled uh, phyllo joints, dusted <laughs> with hops, <laughs> and awesome. served with warm uh, Midtown Hefe and Gouda fondue. And then we have the Debo, a.k.a. You Just Got Knocked the F Out. Yes. <laughs> and that would be an American meat steak patty topped with uh, gravel bar-infused cheddar cheese, smoked bacon and fried onions. And uh, lastly, for our fourth course, would be the Big Perm, I mean <laughs> Big Worm, uh, which would be hopped-up ice cream sandwiched between two homemade molasses and sugar cookies. So Let's go back to the second one. So they're actually rolling... Joints out of phyllo dough. Uh, yes, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that by itself should be enough to get people to come out. Just, yeah. just for the visual and <laughs> very the excited doesn't to see that. Pull you out. Then. <laughs> exactly. Each of those is going to be paired with a specific White River Brewery beer, and uh, we're awesome. very happy to be able to partner up with local breweries. It's oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. And then the last thing we'll touch on is this one's a little different. I like it. You guys are showing the dubbed version of the anime series My Hero Academia. Yes. And that is starting on Tuesday at 6 and 7 and then Wednesday at 7. So tell us how that how cuz if you if you just think of as the movie theater as the place to go to watch movies, tell us kind of how that fits into a different mindset that you guys have here, yeah. which is not, it's just you come and see the, the latest movies. Oh, we're always trying to do something a little more unique. And uh, we did I think it was a couple months back, we did like a Studio Ghibli series. It was a run. And uh, the main idea behind that is we wanted to see if in our market we had the interest. Yeah. 
if we had anime fans. And uh, just walking around the halls here uh, with our staff, we had quite a few. We just didn't know if that was... Uh, that was indicative. If it was indicative of the rest of the community at large, so uh, we did the Studio Ghibli run, and uh, I think we s- we almost sold out every movie that we did. So we get that little thing in our head that yeah, we do have the audience for this. Mm-hmm. And when we get an opportunity like we're offered to show like My Hero Academia, uh, we jumped on it. And I, we thought because we want to serve the community, and you know we want to hit your interests. We want to do the things that you want to see it's not about us like we want to make you we want to make you happy <laughs> we want you to come we back please <laughs> uh so we decided uh, to show this and we put one on sale gone wow another one on sale gone i think we ended up with four or five showings and they're practically sold out so That's great. Yeah, we have <laughs> the crowd we've noticed that some of the other things that we've done out, out and about We've been surprised at the anime fan community in this area that they're we didn't loyal. Know existed. They're very loyal, and they're very happy to be able to see what they want to see in theaters. Like we're showing uh, uh, another film next month for our October. Uh, it's going to be Spirited Away. Uh-huh. Uh, we're trying to get Vampire Hunter D because that was a unique film that one of our uh, staff members said, "Hey, this is a good anime movie for." For like for October, for October, yeah. for it's like a horror movie, uh, and that kind of fell through, which was a bummer. But we were lucky enough to get Spirited Away, and uh, wouldn't you know it, the tickets are flying. Oh, so yeah. I imagine so. Very happy. Like me personally, I've never been a huge fan of anime, right? But uh, that shouldn't dissuade me or Jennifer from programming stuff for people that right. like things different than us. And we've been able to nail down quite a few anime movies for the next few months that uh we're just we just want to keep that that portion of our community excited and happy to come out so it's fantastic absolutely well we have got talking about what's coming up we are not doing a show this friday so kenny where are you going again tell everybody where you're headed uh going to kansas city there is a yearly uh bob bonds who is a pinstriper pinstriping legend he holds it at his place every year, and we go up for three days, and we pinstripe and paint and shoot the poo and just <laughs> all kinds of stuff. It's, it's really awesome, good time, great creative outlet. So That's cool. So we are not going to do a show this Friday. We may or may not have another bonus episode for next week. We've been pretty good about the last couple of weeks. We've had a couple. Um, we've got something that may come up. We may have an interview for you next week if we don't. Um, it won't be our fault <laughs> that it gets dropped. <laughs> it won't say anything further. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so we've got some stuff coming up. But I, what we will know for sure, guaranteed, the next time you will, or one time you can count on hearing us will be next week. We'll be back out here at the Alamo Draft House, um, talking about rounding out the month of September and maybe teasing a little bit about uh, October. When we get to October, we definitely want you to come on oh. and pre- prep the. The audience for what all you've got going on in the I month of October. I would be more than happy. Absolutely, uh, because yeah, if, you know, if, if that's if you're putting that together and not Jennifer, then she doesn't need to be here telling us, or you both need to be sitting here. Oh, I would never about, steal her seat. Yeah, Absolutely well, you can not. Sit right over there, yeah. <laughs> we got plenty of room. Yeah, in tandem will help out. Yes, I'm, just just what she, the little bit she shared with me, and what little bit I've already seen trickling out on. I 
I'm excited. It looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. Which October is always a fun month anyway because everybody's got something going on. And oh, well, you know, there are certain times where horror movies just kind of feel out of place. Right. And that is <laughs> anything <Day>. but October. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, unless My Bloody Valentine. Well, yeah, that's true. Exception to the rule. Yeah. Uh, but with October, it's just fun because there's such a variety of horror movies. There's funny horror it's movies. It's cooler. Everybody's in a good mood. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody just wants to have fun when you get to October, whether that's outside at a festival, whether it's inside the theater watching horror movies, if it's whatever. It seems like October is like the point in the year where everybody just kind of like takes a collective sigh and is like, okay, we're just going to have a good time. Now. <laughs> we're almost there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but be sure to subscribe to Pop Goes the Culture Podcast on your podcast player of choice. That way you'll know when those new episodes are available. You'll get a notification right there on your device. Uh, while you're there, if you've enjoyed today's or any of our shows, be sure to go in and leave us any kind of review you want to leave us. It doesn't matter if it's good, bad, or otherwise. Every review counts. If it's bad, that helps us know what we need to change. If it's good, it tells us what we're doing right and what we should continue um, plus, you can tell us your thoughts on anything we've talked about today, what you think are the top stories each and every week at the movie theater or otherwise. If we use your suggestion, again, we'll give you a shout-out on an upcoming show. You can hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, email, the hotline. All that information, again, is on our website at www.pgtcpodcast.com. And you mentioned it once on Instagram, but if folks want to find the Alamo Draft House on social media, follow what you guys have coming up. Where can they find you? It's going to be at Alamo Spring Mo. That's our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you're wondering, the Facebook events is where we pull this information from. So if you're <laughs> wanting to know what's coming up, be sure to follow the Alamo Draft House uh, on Facebook. Yeah, and I if, say if nowhere else, make sure you're following them on Facebook. And I say it all the time because these things, like he said, sells Sell out, out quick. So yeah. you're going to get that advance notice on Facebook and then either get online or drive your butt down and get your <laughs> tickets because they go quick. They, go, they do. Real quick before we let you guys let you go and we get out of here, how did the uh, Willy Wonka thing turn out on Sunday? I, I saw people posting pictures of autographs, and they got some Pops autographs yeah. I saw in the group. It looks like everybody that came out had a blast. They had a blast. Uh, we did this last year, mm-hmm. and uh, this year is no exception. Uh, people turned out in droves. Oh, yeah. We filled up. You had, uh, what, three screenings of it? Three screenings, an hour apart. Yeah. And there was a Q&A, there was an intro, uh, and then there was like a photo opportunity afterwards. So that's a lot of stuff to cram in between <laughs> these shows, yeah. which wow. was... Uh, I was I was dressed as Willy Wonka, and I was uh, kind of sherpaing them from place to place. Right. And I had the schedule to make sure that they got to the right location. So uh, I was the guy who was stressed out with the clock <laughs> on his wrist. Everybody uh, else was just having a great time. Like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, they, we need to get out of here. Like, oh, and uh, everyone so excited to see them because Willy Wonka was very impactful on a lot of people's childhoods. Like, there are families who sit down, and it's one of those movies that people bond together. Right. Uh, and just hearing the stories as people were getting their pictures taken, it would like, uh, they'd lean over to uh, Paris or Julie, and they'd say, you know, me and my mom, or me and my dad, me and the, my kids, we watch this movie like three times a year, and it's so awesome that you come here and they were getting their books and their DVDs and their pop art signed. Uh, yeah, it was, it's nice to get to see people have that type of joy and have that type of fun. Uh, 
just wait for Tom Cruise to come by so I can enjoy in that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll try. Unless his dead body is coming through <laughs> on some kind of tour. <laughs> when he is the mummy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll visit and I'll thank him. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us again today. And absolutely, anytime you get a chance, jump in here. You know where we sit. <laughs> you oh, know where yes. we meet. Just jump in. And uh, absolutely, when we get to October, like I said, we definitely want to uh, want you to tell us when we probably that first show in October. Give us the layout. Give us the lay of the land for the month so that we can. Uh, I'll give you the nice big fancy rundown. Exactly, because we got. I know we have people that are going to want to be buying tickets. I can name some of the people listening <laughs> to this show that are waiting to hear that, so they can come buy their tickets. Horror so. fandom is yeah. uh, another one of those groups that are just insane. And in I it. love it. Yep, and we know we know a few of those. Yeah, so. we do. All right, well, we have been uh, Pop Goes Culture Podcast. I've been Joey Mills with GeekDad.com and ComingSoon.net. Kenny with Freedom Hunter Graphics. And David Mann with Alamo Drafthouse. Have a good week. Come see a movie this weekend, and we'll catch you next time. See you later. Later.